On today's Question of Faith, was St. Patrick wrong about the Trinity? Hey everybody, this is Question of Faith. I'm Mike Hayes. I'm the Director of Young Adult Ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland. And I'm Father Damien McFerrins. I'm the Vicar for Evangelization. Oh, don't you know? Ah, I do know. <laughs> and I am Francine Costantini, the Director of Youth Ministry. Now let's oh. just say up front, I'm Irish, Francine's Irish, and what the heck are you doing I, here? I'm a Slovak <laughs> American representing everyone else. Happy St. Patrick's Day this week, everybody. We're here a few days before St. Patrick's Day. And now, Francie, my father was from Ireland. Is are, were your parents or grandparents from Ireland as well, or how far back does that go for I you? I believe it's great grandparents were mm. native from Ireland. So my maiden name is McManaman. My mom is a king and an O'Brien. So we've yeah. Oh. Your mom is a king. Yeah. So is my mom. Really? Whoa. Cousin. Maybe we're related. <laughs> we might be. Do you know what county you're from? I do. My father was from Waterford, don't you know? Ooh. I've been there, actually. So my cousin still lives there. My my father's uh, sister had uh, a son, and him and his family live on the very property my father grew up on. It's changed a little since my father was there, obviously. But uh, my wife and I went there in a couple of years after we were married. So I think it was 2004. And that guy took me everywhere my father ever walked. <laughs> It was That's so grateful. Awesome. I came back with all these pictures. Because so my father left and never went back. Mm. Not once. And so I came back with all these pictures of Dungarvan, which is in Waterford, and everything else. And said, so where's this? And where's this? And where's this? And my father actually knew most of the places. And if he didn't, I was able to tell him where it was. And he was like, oh, yeah, because of this. And then he'd point something out in the picture. And I'd be like, oh, look at that. He does remember. So that's good. Did you come back with some Waterford crystal, did you? My my cousin actually works in the factory, um, a small sort of offshoot of uh, the Waterford crystal factory in a local place called Ring, which is where my father grew up. Um, so he worked there. He was a glass blower for many times. Now I think he's more doing like handyman work um, and just does the glass blowing on the side. I'm going to drop this brogue now. Yeah. <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. I had Irish nuns teach me at Incarnate Word, so I'm, I'm, I'm Irish by osmosis, I suppose. Yes, we'll, we'll, we'll let you stay. It's fine. Thank you. <laughs> Where's the corned beef? That's right. We have to get some. That's, that would be great. Um, and so you know, someone wrote in and asked, you know, what St. Patrick taught about the Trinity. Is that correct? Because they saw that crazy Lutheran satire video that, oh, Patrick, you know, you, mm-hmm. if, if you know what we're talking about, we'll put this video in the show notes, but it was basically the, the Lutherans basically said that what Patrick said about the Trinity was heresy, and they went through heresies like modalism and partialism and things like that. And I think they said that the, um, the one that Patrick actually points to at the Shamrock is actually partialism, one God, but three parts of one mm-hmm. God is what he was saying, which they said was condemned. So true, not true? What do we think? I think he did the best for what he had and the time that he was in. And he was trying to, as we talked about pre-show, um, meet the people's needs where they were. And at that time, they're, they're, they were worshiping many gods and not just one. That's right. That's what we could say definitively about him, I think, is that he took a, a 
a country really that was worshiping many many gods you know pagan gods and all those things and now they worship one god that's quite a change it's sort of like what jesus you know what people at the time of jesus did when you think about it you know the the romans and everybody else they believed in many gods and then here come these jewish people and they believe in one god and they you know for them to sort of then start talking about jesus is quite a shift for their culture as well so mm-hmm. it all comes back around you know when, when i lived in rome i lived probably a seven five to seven minute walk from the pantheon mm. and it's still it's still there and it's gorgeous and it's got the big oculus roof but that was for the worship of all the gods the many gods and when christianity came in and claimed one god um three persons that was bold and that disrupted everything so this is a perennial issue yeah and when we think about what the church teaches about the Trinity, they started teaching this at the Council of Nicaea, right? So it's 325, yeah. right? And so that's around the time Patrick, he's like 385 is when he was born. And so the church is starting to put some vocabulary around this theology that they're kind of working out, right? Like, well, what do we mean when we say God is one in three? How do we explain the difference between the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? And these councils start to put some words to what has always been true. Isn't it true that the Nicene Creed that we profess at Mass on Sundays is the Nicene-Constantinople Creed, mm-hmm. which includes 325 and 381, mm-hmm. I think, are the, the two years on that. So Yeah, so think about that's right in the time that Patrick is, is alive. And so, you know, it... it yeah, you know, the Pony Express doesn't quite make its way from Rome to Ireland very quickly, right? Right, And correct. so he's trying to put some words to this as he's getting them. So he's probably taking a little from here and a little from here and a little from here. And as you said, Father, he did the best he could. He could. Don't you know? And perhaps that he inherited more of the tradition and more of the vocabulary and concepts than he would have more clearly defined things. And analogies always limp. There's always yeah. – analogies never tell the full story. That's true. That's right. And he wasn't trying to, I don't think. No, I don't think God so. God is not a shamrock. He knew that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, there was, I read something recently that said that what he was really trying to say was that um, not three gods, but one God. It's not like this one plant is three plants. It's one plant. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And then I think people kind of caught on to that, you know. So And so, yeah, we've, you know, all these stories kind of take on a different thing as time goes on, right? So who knows what he said? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my my boys were little, um, my five-year-old son at the time said to his eight-year-old brother, so who's better, Jesus, God, or Santa? And, and little eight-year-old Matthew looks at him and he says, Jesus is God. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God are all God. It's like a Lego three-in-one ship. They tend, they all make the same, they're all made of the same pieces, but when you put them together differently, it builds a different ship. And I was like, okay, that's close. Like, <laughs> that's pretty profound for an eight-year-old. Slightly heretical, but really profound right. for an eight-year-old. And he's working through it. He's working yeah, through right. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're all God is the bottom line, right? Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, all, all equal you know, not one greater than the other, but different in personhood, mm-hmm. right? So, so Patrick did what he could. Hey, how do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day, Francine? I mean, so, I have to confess, I've got the freckles, I've got you know the red hair, but I don't do a whole lot to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, other than I try and go to mass on St. Patrick's Day, mm-hmm. and um, I I try and eat something like shepherd's pie or oh, very nice. um, you know 
something like that. We didn't do a whole lot uh, in my family growing up in Canada, and we grew up overseas as well. I, I grew up overseas, and we just we didn't go all out. Um, so when I had children, like the leprechaun might come to visit my oh, children, right. but he never came and visited me when I was growing up. So. Father, do you celebrate St. Patrick's you Day know, as a I, Slovak? I don't. Um, <laughs> if if I'm at a mass where um, someone lets the the memorial override the Lenten day, then I guess I'm celebrating that that way. But if and if someone provides corned beef, I'll eat it. If I'm drinking during Lent, I'll have beer. But I don't like plan and look forward to this great day. Um, it just was not part of my growing up. And, uh, you know, my, my dad was a Slovak American. My mom was Hungarian American. So the nuns liked it at Incarnate Word, but I, I never really got into it. So I don't feel too bad about it. When I, I grew up in New York City, as you know, or I grew up in Yonkers, New York, which is just north of the Bronx, as my wife will remind me, who is from Brooklyn. Um, but when I spent most of my adult life in, in New York, or young adult life anyway, in New York City, and uh, we had a tradition, me and my friends, we would go to the, the parade, and we would go to the very end of the parade on 86th Street, and we would watch the last kind of bit of it. And then we'd just go out to dinner after that. And mm. um you know, drinking has never been, you know, a, a huge thing for me, for, and and it shouldn't be, right? You know, and and Irish culture sometimes gets caricatured as that. Um, I was very moved. I, you know, I read Angela's Ashes, which was you know Frank McCourt's Pulitzer Prize winning novel about growing up in Ireland, and and when he came to New York City, the uh, students all said, "Oh, you're you're Irish. You won't be here on Patty's Day. You'll you'll be out drinking." And he said, "No, I'll be here." And he swore that he would never have a drink on St. Patrick's Day after that because he knew that it would be a caricature for the Irish. So um, so I've sort of followed that. I was sort of inspired by that. So I don't drink on St. Patrick's Day intentionally like you, Francine. I go to Mass. And uh, and then I try to do something cultural. Yeah, I, I used to call my father and have a long conversation with him when he was alive on St. Patrick's Day. There was one year I forgot to call him, and boy, did I hear it. <laughs> my mother called, my father didn't even call me. My father was so terribly disappointed that he couldn't even call me. But my mother called me and said, "How dare you not call your father on St. Patrick's Day?" I was like, "I just forgot." <laughs> so like, "Yeah, yeah, okay." You know, so it's okay. Now I now I make a point, you know, to do something for my I pray for my Irish father certainly on that day. Um, but I try to make a point of doing something that would either remind me of him or remind me of my mom, uh, who they were both Irish and um my wife t- kind of takes pains to do something on St. Patrick's Day, and you know, I don't know what she's planned this year, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't, I don't mean to be Debbie Downer or Damien Downer, but I'm, <laughs> sometimes it gets me down when we're celebrating this great saint who drove the snakes out of Ireland, and then he's celebrated by getting hammered by a bunch of young people and, I, and even old people, and I think, geez, is this the best way to honor uh, such a great saint? So... I, yeah, like I say, I don't mean to be a downer, but sometimes that does bother me a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. And, and a wee bit. A wee bit, yes. In Ireland, it's not that big a deal right. uh, as a holiday. And, it's, and, it's a Catholic holiday yeah, in Ireland. Right. It's not it, a... Is it true, too, that corned beef is an American Irish thing? Just like meatballs are not a big thing in Italy. It's an Amer- American Italian thing, are meatballs. And I think it might be true of uh, corned beef, too. It's like an, a New York Irish thing? Kind of. Well, I think what, what I've heard is that uh, poor Irish people, who are most of them, right? Yeah, you know, right. Especially, in, you know, that they were a developing country for so long, you know, um, 
that it would basically be like the cheapest cut of meat that they could find. And the United States, that's probably corned beef, sure. right? You know, so it, that that's that's sort of where it comes from is that they would they would basically find any cheap cut of meat that they can find that would that would probably last a little bit long. You know, the uh, the brining of mm-hmm. the meat kind of makes it last a little bit longer. So that's that's where I think it comes from, from what my memory hmm. uh, is is holding. But it tastes good. Slimans Slimans is Absolutely. known for. Those huge corned beef sandwiches. It, it's where the Jewish part of my family, my sister-in-law is Jewish, and the Irish part of my family uh, coincide. Um, <laughs> there used to be a place in Cleveland called Benny Goodman's on West 25th Street or Pearl Road that had awesome uh, corned beef back in the day, too. Yeah, Slimans is very good. I've had their corned beef. It's very good. Yummy. So, I'm getting hungry. Slimans, if you want to send some over, feel free. That's that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so I think that we've, we've covered Patrick. Uh, we'll put in the show notes that video um, from the from the Lutherans, which uh, kind of goes through the various heresies that <laughs> happened over the centuries. It's very funny. I mean, they did a nice job. Oh, Patrick. Uh, oh, Patrick. It, <laughs> and we, you can easily fall into preaching heresy or speaking heresy when doing when talking about the Trinity oh, for yeah. sure. So I'm even reticent now to get into it because I don't want to misspeak. Um, so, yeah, that I remember watching that video. I think it came out when I was at CUA, maybe in 09 or 10 or something. Something like that, yeah. And thinking, wow, this is really interesting. So I think if you stick to the creed, stick to the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed, you'll be, you'll be fine. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, all that business. Yes, begotten, not made, mm-hmm. all those things, yeah. The flux capacitor image the flux of the Trinity oh. where you've got, you know, God in one corner, um, uh, Jesus in the other, and then the bottom of the triangle is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, in, in the uh, a line the, going from yes, each the, say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. is not God, right. and then in the middle is God, because all three are God. Right. Um, it looks like the flux capacitor. Yeah, that's that's helpful. I've, I've, that, that usually floats around on Twitter on Tr- Trinity Sunday. Right, yeah. yeah. Trinity Sunday, the hardest day to preach, I would say, mm-hmm. <laughs> for I, recent deacons. I always stick to the Augustinian image of the f- the Father who's the lover, the Son is the beloved. Mm-hmm. The Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father back. And the love between the Father and the Son that proceeds from the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit. That's most helpful to me, and, and most um, it's, e- it's easiest to teach that way. People get that. Right. Yeah, the love that flows between the Father and the Son is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. is what everybody has, has taught me, which is great. And love doesn't exist with one person but three. So one loves another, loves the other back, and then the love between. Always in community. Mm-hmm. Always in community. Always. And we're made in the image and likeness of this triune God. So we're made for community. Community on St. Patsy's Day. Yes. And made for love on top of that. <laughs> made right? for love. There you go. Wow. We just did something great. <laughs> we're always trying, right? Yeah. You mentioned that video earlier, um, the satire video. Another video I used to love to show to my teens around St. Patrick's Day is is by Veggie Tales. It's actually one without vegetables. Um, it's a flannel graph. <laughs> Wait a minute, hold on. Yeah. Veggie Tales without vegetables. Yes, it so is. So they're just tails then. It's just tails. <laughs> it's a tale of St. Patrick. Um, but it's hilarious and it's really well done. They didn't make St. Patrick like an onion or something? Nope, <laughs> nope. They, he is a man made of felt. Hmm. Made of felt, even yes. better. Yes. It's like Sneaky Pete. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, right, yeah, or Flat Stanley, yeah. or one of those, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's great. All right, we'll put that in the show notes too. Make sure you send that to me. Um, 
And then uh, let's do a quick church search. Uh, let's do St. Patrick's. Why not? On Bridge, uh, Bridge Avenue here in Cleveland. Nice young adult parish, number one. A lot of things going on. I was just over there the other night for, for a small dinner with some of their young adult leaders, um, which was lovely. Um, we went inside to the, the rectory and had dinner there, which was nice. Um, but my friends got married there. My friends did JVC in Cleveland, which was my first introduction to Cleveland, actually. And uh, – they invited they invite us to the wedding, and so I went to a wedding at St. Patrick's on Bridge. It's a it's a lovely church, first of all. It's beautiful, really, yeah, great. Yeah. I think it's Gothic, right? Mm-hmm. And beautiful windows. There's some construction around it now, and I always will hand it to the Jesuits for this one. They inherited that church. They ran it for a while, I think, before I Father right. Donardo was there, and maybe it was Father Donardo too. Rather than like destroying the sanctuary they built a little sanctuary up before the communion rail to bring things closer and maybe adapt to some vatican II norms or the nature of their community but they never destroyed anything in there and it's still it looks good it looks like it's together and uh they they're really active in the community too Uh that that parish um yeah they 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 live and dwell in ohio city and they have a lot of people who live in the city who go there not just coming from the suburbs so they do Corporal Works of Mercy are big for them. Yeah, Deacon Bill Merriman, who helps out there and at St. Malachy's, um, which are kind of, um, you know, sister communities right. with one another. Um, he's sort of, I always call him, he, he's the mayor of Church Avenue. You know, he lives right in Church Avenue and owns like, I think he owns like half of the block mm. and, and rents it out to people who, you know, have a hard time making ends meet sometimes too. And so he's really active in the community and he's been sort of like the adopted grandfather of the Jesuit Volunteer Corps that also make their home in one of his <laughs> properties on Church Avenue as well. Um, so yeah, social justice is really at the heart of their community, I would say. Mm-hmm. Father Mike Gernick's the pastor. Yep. Father Mark Hollis is in residence there. You might be senior, senior parochial mm-hmm. vicar. And then Brother Phil, our friend the Capuchin, is also a parochial vicar. I think at St. Malachy's. Malachy's, so. yes. Yeah. Exactly. Which you see just, just over the bridge there is St. Malachy's this year. With the green neon cross. You'll see it from the shoreway. Absolutely. And hey, we answer questions here. So if you have a question, you could email that to me, mhayes at dioceseofcleveland.org. If you go on our website and on the Diocese of Cleveland uh, website, you can find our Questions of Faith podcast in the Young Adult section on the website. And right there, there's a little form that you could fill out as well that allows you to ask, ask us a question. We'll read those questions on the air. If you're emailing me, feel free to drop a little audio file and we'll use your voice on the podcast if you like. And uh, let's talk a little bit about the gospel for this next Sunday of Lent. Uh, It's uh, the fig tree. There was once a person who had a fig tree planted in his orchard, and when he came in search of fruit on on it but found none, he said to the gardener, For three years I have come in search of fruit on this fig tree but have found none, so cut it down. Why should it exhaust the soil? We'll leave it there. What happens after that? Pay attention when you're in church. Unless, of course, you happen to be at Mass where there's an RCIA scrutiny happening. Oh. And then that will not be cycle a gospel. A, cycle A gospel then, yeah. Yeah, it'll be the, the Samaritan woman at the well. Aha. Uh-huh. Which is One of my favorites, awesome. actually. Yeah. That, when I hear the Samaritan woman at the well, I think of uh, Whitney Houston's, I want to dance with somebody. I think that was the song she was singing. <laughs> with somebody who loves me, and then she finally finds him at the well. 
Very nice. And yeah. and and our Lord doesn't you know cut her down. Gives gives her a little more time to work through things. So look at what I did synthesizing yeah. the two gospels there. Perfect. Yeah. Hey, Nine Nights is uh, starting this week. Uh, so if you're around and you want to go to a church, we do Nine Nights of Night Prayer here in the Diocese of Cleveland, which leads up to a Marian feast. Father, why don't you say a little bit more about that? So the easiest uh, hour of the Liturgy of the Hours to pray is night prayer, and it takes probably seven to ten minutes. So there's nine parishes in the diocese we've designated and they all host night prayer, nine consecutive nights, so 81 opportunities to pray. I'm going to visit every parish over those nine nights. Maybe I'll see you at one of them. You can check the show notes. We'll drop the information in there. But it'd be great to come out and see you, or especially bring someone who hasn't been to church in a while um, to see a, a beautiful church and to pray with us. We start the evening of St. Patrick's Day, so... March 17th through March 25th, we'll be doing that. Yeah, come on out. Yeah, exactly. I'll be at Transfiguration in Lakewood for most of the time, I would say. I'll probably head over to Ignatius of Antioch for a night or so. Um, and then yeah, I'm at the seminary one night, so there's there's one night that I'll just be absent. But for the most part, the young adult community in Lakewood, they're, they're kind of taking charge of the one um, at Transfiguration. So they'll be welcoming you at the doors. Um, as well. And that's a beautiful church. I put some pictures up on my uh, Instagram account the other night. It was just really a lot of fun. And Father Ted, who's there, is just great. So. Well, when you put those pictures up, I thought it was a church in Rome at first. And it was it's modeled after one, obviously. So that's one to check out, especially the young adults in Lakewood. Come on out and spread the word, get people out. I also want to say that on the very last night, March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, each parish will receive a ton of ice cream, specially commissioned called Grazia Plena, which means full of grace, coconut cream base, and I think we're getting blue M&Ms or at least blue candies in there. Um, maybe we could get blue almond M&Ms. I don't know what Dave Havanek has worked up, but uh, it'll be a Marian ice cream. So come on out on that night especially. But come out all, all nine nights. Who doesn't like ice cream? Yeah. I don't know, someone who gave it up for Lent. Well, even <laughs> then, they still like it. They just, you know. But on a feast, you could you could break your fast. That's I give right. you permission. <laughs> Maybe. And so this has been Question of Faith. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It's just coming your way soon. Come on out for nine nights, and we'll see you all again soon. Yeah.